you haven't broken it in broken it in yet or do you think you picked the wrong kind of mattress the former for sure yeah just yeah. not broken in yet it and by broken in it's not the bed that needs to be broken in it's my skeleton yeah i've only owned really soft beds mm. and and this is firmer yeah yeah this is a proper bed for yeah. a human being to yeah. sleep on have you seen a medical professional about that situation yet? About what? The the fact that you're having difficulty sleeping in your new, on your new mattress. No, not specifically that. No. <clears throat> no, I haven't. Just, I'm... Yeah, admittedly, I'm self-diagnosing, but I slept on a shitty bed, or I'm... I'm using the word shitty synonymously with very soft mm -hmm. as well as a shitty bed mm -hmm. um, for 42 years and I'm switching it up mm -hmm. of course it fucking hurts yeah of course it's uncomfortable but then you also add in my back pain like that's the whole reason why we bought the bed is to try to alleviate that Kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah, from the yeah from ten thousand feet up. Yeah, it seems ironic, but it absolutely isn't. It's it absolutely makes sense because my back is getting better. Mm -hmm. Now it's my hips. Now it's my lower back because I also have to sleep totally flat on my back. Like I can't sleep on my side. Right. Because <clears throat> either I'm sleeping on that sore part of my rib or I'm sleeping on my shoulder which is fucked up so I have to lay flat mm -hmm. and it's it sucks mm -hmm. and really that's so encompassing like uh, between pain that exists all the time and then no sleep mm-hmm there's not much else going on. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is, there's lots, but who gives a fuck? I can't deal with any of it properly. Mm-hmm. I want to go to bed so bad, but I'm terrified to go to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I would go home and go to bed now, but I'm only going to sleep for four or five hours. Right. So now I'm up at one. Right? Yeah, and you're, and you're going, what the hell? Right. And, you know, I can sit on a chair for an hour and my back will chill out and then I can go back to sleep. But that hour being awake is just devastating. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't do well with waking up. Anyway. Wine, wine, wine. Yeah. Just tired. I don't know why I do it um, it could just be uh, old age it could just be how I'm re reacting to 
the kind of mattress that I sleep on. Uh, or it could just be Carl is a restless sleeper, but I sleep like a rotisserie chicken. Mm. I just turn and turn and turn and turn and turn and turn and turn. And I have to be careful because I try to do it with the least amount of disruptive motion as possible. Right. <laughs> so I don't wake her up. <laughs> right. Backside, stomach side, backside, stomach side, backside, stomach side. Okay, I'm done. And then the alarm goes off. And barbecue chicken goes to work. And you wake up every time you flip? Um. Most of it. Probably, right? yeah. You're yeah. Awake, you're awake for like six, seven seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you're gone. Yeah. yeah. Most people can't Man, stand so, people like me because so I'm out like a fucking light. Yeah. And, yeah, the the few interruptions that I do get from my sleep are very temporary. Do you Unless there's something on my mind. Right. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I snore. Quite I, loudly. Uh, uh-huh. Quite loudly. Yeah. I was admitted to a sleep... I don't know if I talked to you about this. Yeah, I think so. About how I was moving in my sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went to the sleep clinic on, I don't know, Wednesday or something. And the first step is, is they give you a machine to plug yourself into. They put a microphone on your neck. They put a nasal cannula in your nose so they can test your breathing. Hmm. And they put... Uh, to check your oxygen they put a thing on your finger and then you you just sleep and it records it all and it determines um the microphone isn't actually recording sound it's just it's literally recording vibrations so Mm -hmm. when you start to snore it Mm -hmm. knows and the breathing thing tells if you stop breathing and Mm -hmm. blah 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 but when i went there is a study currently going on at the clinic in regards to, it's ran by the U of C and uh, initiated by the doctors of the clinic. And the purpose of the, (laughs) the purpose of the study is to determine if, ultimately, is if their service is too slow right now. Like if you go to the sleep clinic, it's, weeks to months to see a doctor right so there are two groups in the study if you get accepted and i was accepted one where they expedite your your uh, ability to see one yeah so yeah. it's like weeks hmm. and the other is the control group which is just like oh. normal oh. so then they compare if i don't know ultimately what it is yeah um, I don't know if there'll be like long-term evaluations or if it's just short-term. Hmm. But anyway, I got accepted into the study and I have an appointment with a doctor in two weeks, which is fucking pretty dope. But it's I'm interested and a little confused because <clears throat> I went in there again, like I say, because my limbs are flying around. Mm-hmm. But this is 100% for a CPAP. 100%. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm not 
I will, of course I'm going to get one. Like, I'm a fat guy who's sleeping on his back, who, right, like, I probably stop breathing mm-hmm. and all that shit. So mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll get one. Right. And, um... And your sleep will probably improve 300-fold. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. I'm... Yeah, like I, anyone I know who's gone on one has just said, man, I sleep like a baby now. Yeah. yeah. Like, I sleep the whole night through. Yeah. I stop rotisserie chicken. I stop flipping around because mm-hmm. I don't stop breathing. Mm-hmm. I guess that's one of the big reasons why you flip around. It's not because you're uncomfortable. It's because you've literally stopped breathing. Mm-hmm. So your body's like... Okay, <laughs> it's rolled over, mm-hmm. so I don't die. Mm. Of course, there's because you're sore too, or achy, or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, or just because you're restless. Mental. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, or all of the above. All of the above. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Just plugged into a machine. Hmm. <laughs> you have to do this big seven seven page worksheet before they accept you into the clinic. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they accept you, it's just you got to do this paperwork. Yeah. And they ask you how you sleep, do you fall asleep easily here or there, do you smoke, blah, 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 mm-hmm. all the fucking mm-hmm. things. And um, they ask you for your, your height, your weight, your neck circumference, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't weighed myself in, I don't know, 12 years. Hmm. I just, because who gives a fuck? Right. I'm fat. Right. Like, I don't need to know the number. Right. So, I put down a number. (laughs) (laughs) And when I went to the clinic, she's like, well, how much do you weigh? And I said the number. And she looked at me. She's like, do you mind if we go on the scale? And I said, I do not want to. But, yeah, okay. Oh, so when you wrote down the number on the form, you really had no idea. I, no, it was a guess. Yeah. It was a guess. It was a, apparently a very hopeful guess. Duh. And uh, I got on the thing and I looked down and I was like, no. Mm. She's like, yeah. Because she wasn't surprised. Right. 365. Wow. 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 I would never have guessed that. Nobody does. I was at. I mean, and I, was I would have thought maybe close to three hundred, right? Maybe a little bit over. There's a guy who is a dad of one of the girls at, at the preschool who is a workout guy mm-hmm. who cares about shit like that, mm-hmm. and they ma- he made a joke about my weight or whatever, and uh, we just got to chatting about it. He's like, "Well, how much? How much do you weigh?" And I was like, "I don't know, three twenty-five." He's like. There's no fucking way. And I thought he was being a, a cunt about it. Right. He's Can like, I try bench pressing you? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, 320. He's like, no way. I bet you you're not 280. And I was like, there's no way, dude. There's no way. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's And I'm lucky that I have a gargantuan skeleton. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a big dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm also hungry but I've also noticed that since my back's been hurting mm-hmm. I've put on a shitload of weight mm-hmm. shitload of weight because yeah. I can't walk right can't walk can't ride my bike like I can but it just sucks yeah so anyway that was a real kick in the fucking blubber sack mm. 
<laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow. No way, dude. <laughs> All right. See you later, chips. <laughs> I guess. Episode 34. I couldn't think of a good title for it, though, because of the fact that there's no real topic. So I just wrote down Summertime Blues. <laughs> Unless you have a better one. Mm-hmm. No? <laughs> we should call it... What is it, 34? Yeah. Yeah, we should just we should just call it Rule. Rule 34. Do you know what Rule 34 is? No. I don't think so. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, it goes. Carl rule 34 is a rule that exists on the Internet. That is, any subject okay. will have pornography about it. Right, right, right. Rule 34. Right, right. And I highly recommend you go Google to that? Rule 34 <laughs> and just like, wow. You see some wild shit, man. Yeah. You see some wild shit. Is that similar to another rule, which is, and I'm paraphrasing here, any topic of conversation will eventually end up bringing up Hitler? <laughs> yeah, it'll devolve to the point where someone will, br- someone will bring up, find a way to put Hitler in the, yeah. in the discussion. Yeah, there's actually a name for that. There's actually a name for that. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I can't is. remember what it is. I'm sure there is. You ever heard of the game? You ever played the game? Mm, well, I've heard of that terminology as referred to a few different things. So what the game are you referring to? You're always playing the game. You're always, you're never not playing the game. Okay. But it, when you realize you're playing the game, mm-hmm. you lose. Okay. So... So the joke is, is you just be like, the game. And you're like, fuck, I've lost the game. And it went on, or it goes on, it continues. But it was uh, just inside poker for so long. Just the game. You've lost the game. You have lost the game. (laughs) It was so wild. It was so cool. I latched onto it as I've latched onto many things on the internet because I find them very fascinating. Mm-hmm. It was socially so incredible. It was just this made up game that wasn't a game that people participated in that millions of people who don't even who would never know each other can just type two words and just piss a whole bunch of people off. Obviously, um, with smiles on their faces. But So is it meant to be quoted as a way of bracketing something? No, it's just the game. Okay. It isn't anything but the game. All right. Just know that you're playing it now. Got it. And, you, and I just lost it. Yeah, you just lost the game. <laughs> And the moment you lose the game, right. you start playing again. Right. It's all over and you begin again. Yeah. yeah. When you stop thinking about it, the, You're game, back in the, the game. game begins again. Right. 
Well, I guess I'm back in the game. No. Nope. Well, not anymore. No, I don't It's so dumb. Uh, yeah, it sounds dumb. It's, But it's just funny. Right. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it started... I, I feel like it started on 4chan, but it might be before 4chan. <laughs> I haven't thought about the game. I, lot, I, I, I had won the game for a long time until today. Right. I never knew I was playing. I know. That's the best part. That's the best part. Are you up on um, the daily that's happening in um, the world of show business regarding the, the strike? <laughs> I only heard about it today. Yeah? I laughed at yeah. these fucking idiots. Shut up, everybody. <laughs> Just, you're paid millions of dollars. Go back to work. Or don't. Who cares? Like, you not working, nobody cares. Like, everybody cares, but we all care for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. When a union strikes, I care when it's like, like, train engineers. Mm-hmm. Because things stop working. Right now, what? Movies aren't being made right now, or TV shows? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> the world... One of the things that the writers and the actors and everybody else in Hollywood were kind of going on about, Mm -hmm. and I mean, it it is a valid complaint, but it's not really the root of what their problem is. Okay. Um, Because they mention the fact that there is a huge disparity between uh, what the average worker in, a, in an organization or a company uh, earns and what a CEO of that same organization or company earns. Right, yep. And that kind of triggered something in me because I wanted to um, re-explore that concept due to the fact that there has always been some criticism around how much CEOs get paid compared to the average workers that work for them because the general ratio multiplication factor has seen a huge jump from the 50s, 60s, 70s to today because back in the day, the average CEO made approximately 30 or 40 times what the average worker I made. didn't even think it was that much oh, I, yeah. thought it, I thought yeah, it, was a, it was I thought it was a lower ratio but than you got to understand though back then people weren't earning eighty thousand dollars a year no 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 I know that for they sure. were earning like fucking 12 right right so uh, because that topic was tweaked in my head again mm-hmm. I decided to do some research today in my spare time okay because I wanted to see just what kind of uh, multiplication factors exist in the real world mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Just to get a sense, because I, I'm, I'm going to be blogging um, soon, asking my readers, what do you think is suitable, appropriate pay for a CEO of a company? Keep things simple. Imagine a multinational corporation with tens of thousands of workers. There is no right or wrong answer. You don't even have to justify your answer. Just... Express your offering in the form of dollars, 
or a multiplication factor of the average salary of workers in the company. And then for points of reference, I give you the following annual salaries. Figures are approximate, because of course they're always changing. The CEO of the CBC. Are these salaries or salaries including bonuses? Salaries before bonuses, okay. to the best of my knowledge. Sure. I tried to find out just what the base salaries were. The CEO of CBC earns half a million dollars, which is approximately six and a quarter times the average salary, which is pretty darn good. That seems fair to me, all things considered. Okay. Next step, WestJet's CEO mm -hmm. makes 35 times what their average worker makes. Mm -hmm. He earns three and three, almost three and a half million a year. Mm -hmm. 35 times the average WestJet employee salary. Suncor Energy CEO makes 120 times what the average worker's salary is. Mm -hmm. You know how uh, Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Rail merged recently? Their CEO makes 222 times the average salary, 20 million. Magna International, I don't know if you've ever heard of this company, but they're the Canadian company that are kind of on the car parts. They make a lot of car parts for all different brands of vehicles, okay. especially North American vehicles. 316 times the average salary of that company's workers. Discovery Warner CEO, who happens to be one of the examples the actors and the writers are using to say how fucked up things are. 1906 times the average salaried worker in that company, which is incredible because the average Discovery TV Warner CEO or uh, worker salary is 130000 a year. Mm -hmm. And the CEO is still making 1,900 times more than that. Oak Street Health, which I don't, I've never even heard of them, but apparently they're a huge primary care health provider in the U.S., like huge. Their CEO makes half a billion dollars a year, over half a billion dollars a year, which is 2,890 times the average salary of the people who work in that company. I find that incredible. Anyway. The one that I thought you were going to say is the Waltons. Oh, yeah. The Waltons are definitely up there. And the number would only be skewed because I think there's four or five of them. Yeah. But if there was just the, if just the mum ran it, yeah. it would, it's got to be them. Yeah. It's got to be them. Because there's, well, they make, they just print money. Yeah. Their employees make nothing. Yeah, they make... And there's a lot of employees. Yeah. 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 In fact, there's been a lot of American politicians that, uh, especially on the Democratic side, that have uh, very strongly voiced their opinion that the Waltons are literally uh, engaging in, in um, corporate welfare because of the fact that they're earning all this money and allowing their employees to fucking show up at food banks and stuff. Yeah. Because they don't make enough money to it's live. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. The American... Which is just American incredible. taxpayers are paying 
Walmart. And it's not that you and and you know if if any store at all has proven that you can actually pay your workers a decent amount of money, um, and not only will they work hard, but they'll be incredibly happy and loyal. It's Costco. I think their employees average twenty to twenty five bucks an hour, and they love it. They love working there. They love it. But um, yeah. That was the interesting topic of the day for me. I finally finished that uh, second Alastair Reynolds book. Oh, yeah. And I'm on the third. Oh, cool. Good I'm on you. the third. Yeah. Neat. You? I read... I read a couple books. Two. Two, I think. Maybe three. Mm-hmm. One of them... What the fuck was it called? It was a book, I can't remember the title right now, but it was a a dystopian book. Mm -hmm. It was about a dude and his family who lived somewhere in America, (laughs) and uh, long story short is that the United States was attacked uh, by three nuclear blasts that went off in the atmosphere which generated an EMP mm-hmm. and decimated the whole country. Mm-hmm. Everything turned off. Mm-hmm. So what I liked about this book is that it went from normal to just total catastrophe, but it stayed local, mm-hmm. like it was still about this town, mm-hmm. and it sort of gave a somewhat realistic sense of what would happen Mm-hmm. Like, just... Because every, every other dystopian book, like, people start wandering or... Mm-hmm. Um, and in this book, they had wanderers, but the main characters just stuck by where they were and... Uh, what part of the country? Does it specify? The whole country got decimated. No, but this town, um, where in the U.S. would it have been located? Carolinas. Oh, was, okay. I think it was in North Carolina or yeah. something. I remember. Maybe Tennessee? Anyway. Mm. And it was uh no, yeah, it was the South. So it was it was pretty pretty hokey. Like it was mm-hmm. Yay America, it was military, it was uh very, it was quite religious, like mm-hmm. very pro God. Very like preachy. That. I wouldn't say preachy, but um they still, they, you know, they believed in their God and mm-hmm. they believed in their guns and they, mm-hmm. like, he was obviously a very conservative author, but whatever, he was a Or story. an honest author. <laughs> you know, either way. Yeah, either way. And uh, it, it fucked with me, that book, because the main character's daughter was a diabetic. Hmm. And... As a diabetic, I've thought about it many, 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 many times. That if things go bad, what do I? What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And because it, of the support systems you rely on, insulin. Yeah, that's it. Right. That's it. That everything else, it's insulin. Because mm-hmm. insulin doesn't. Like, it has to be in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And... And somebody has to make it. And somebody has to make it. 
So, ultimately, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. I'm going to die a very painful and horrible death, like this little girl did. Mm. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough to read. Wow. Yeah. Because not only was she like a 14-year-old little girl, mm -hmm. but being a diabetic. and Kind of hit home. Kind of hit home. Yeah. Yeah, no, it moved right in. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. Mm. And the fucking thing, this girl, because she's young enough to still like have like a little stuffy that she carries around, mm -hmm. right? And it's a little rabbit. And that's what my daughter carries around. Mm -hmm. It was just, it just fucking... Little, little too... Uh, punching me in the nutsack yeah, yeah. over and over and over <laughs> again. So, that was a fun read. That was a fun read. Then I read some fucking wild uh, young adult book. It was so trippy. It was read, written by Clive Barker. So mm. the, he's written numerous books. He wrote the screenplay for the Hellraiser movies and oh, shit yeah. like that. Yeah. And this book was about the Thief of Time is what it was called, I think. And it was just about this entity that... Is this a popular book? Because I think yeah. I may have heard about it. Yeah, I think yeah. It, is, it is. Pretty quite... recent, eh? Or no? No, not no? pretty... Well, I guess it depends on what pretty recent is. Like in the last five years? No, I don't oh, okay. think so. No? no, I feel that it's older than that. Okay. Science fiction-y? More fantasy. Right. I would say more fantasy. Okay. Yeah. But horror as well. Mm. Like it was, it was fucking creepy. <laughs> it was, uh, he was, the, the, the main character kid was bored. And he said that he was, like, it was summer holidays, and he's like, oh, I got nothing to do. And his mom's like, well, fucking clean your room. He's like, I don't want to fuck. I, like, no, I, like, I'm bored. I'm just, I don't want bullshit work to do. And he had the window open, and all of a sudden this fucking wispy character came in and convinced him to come with him. And he thought he was dreaming. He's like, what the fuck is going on here, or whatever. And this this weirdo guy led this kid they went for a walk and uh, ultimately got to this weird house and the purpose of it is that you just you're here to have fun you're here to have fun it's the whole point and there were two other kids there and they got to eat whatever they want like the food was just copious and wonderful a weird thing that happened in the house is that every day um, it would go through four seasons. So every day they'd wake up and it was springtime. By the afternoon it was the summer. In the evening was autumn, so they would have Halloween every day. And at night it was Christmas. Every day they would wish for whatever they wished for for Christmas and they would get it, whatever they wanted. Weird. So weird. So weird. And just the you you like you just got a whole sense that you're just like this this ain't like this ain't cool. Like something's something's amiss. Mm -hmm. And but they were just all the kids were just so engrossed. Yeah. Yeah. 
or brainwashed. Mm -hmm. Not even just engrossed, but like something was up. Mm. But the main character was obviously very intelligent, so he figured it out. Right. Figured something was amiss, and then they tried to escape and couldn't escape. Mm -hmm. And then they finally did get out. And he made his way home, and everything looked different, and everything felt different. He knocked on the door, and his parents were really old. Every day was a year, it turned out, that he was in this house. It was a year uh, in the real world. So huh. his parents were all old, and he was all fucked up about it. And it was weird. It was wow. weird. Wow. Yeah, it was like, it was a fun read, for sure. Super short, but it was just like, this is... And I don't know how it got on my list. I can't remember what kind of books I was looking for, but it made it. And not only did it make like the short list, but it was it was actually on my ebook. So apparently I was really interested in it. But now I'm reading Pet Cemetery. Mm. I think the next book that I'm going to read because I've been hearing some really good things about it. Mm -hmm. And they're making it into a live, you know, form of entertainment, like a movie or a TV series. Mm -hmm. um, it's called The Three-Body Problem. Okay. And it's written by a Chinese writer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess it's just, like, phenomenally interesting in terms of, like, set in the 60s or so in China... And they make a very significant but accidental scientific discovery, and then it just fucking blows up from there. It involves visits from the future and changes to the timeline, and yeah, that sounds, cool. sounds really, really amazing. And like I said, the story is so compelling that Hollywood was like, "Yep, we can work with that story." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that sounds cool. Yeah, I know. And I kept crossing paths with the title, so I knew that the universe was trying to tell me something. It's like, hey, stupid. Oh, yeah. How many Holy times do I have to tell you, get you to run across the title of this book? Just it's get the book. It's long. Yeah. And there's other books, apparently, that follow. Oh, maybe this is three books. Maybe yeah, I think that's so what you're referring to, the... The, 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 the three-body the problem, three one books. through three, Remembrance yep. of yep. Earth's yep. Past. Yep. 1,500 pages. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Interesting. And I don't know if I'll read all three. I'll give the first one a try. And, of course, you have to read the translated version, so... Pussy. Why don't you fucking learn... Learn Chinese and yeah. then read it in Chinese? Yeah. Sure. Sure. I'll get right on that. I'd like to read the book this year. Well, so. It's half over. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. The three-body problem. It is on my to-read list. Cool. Might be worth checking out. I think that's it. I think that's all I read. Like, it feels like, because it's been a month, right? So it's like, it feels like there's more. But it was, it was slow going for a bit. Mm-hmm. It was slow going for a bit. Like, 
Well, I wouldn't expect you to do a lot of reading if you're not sleeping. No, I, I'm falling asleep when I'm reading. Just yeah. Like, poof. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, Red Race. One Second After was the name of that book about the... Uh, the EMP. EMP. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like the series that actually made it into a series, but... Hmm. Yeah. Oh, The Thief of Always is what the book was called. Hmm. Yeah, it was written in 1992. So. Can I recommend some uh, music? Sure. Yes, please, go ahead. There is a band in the States that I wish uh, more people knew about. It's called Over the Rhine. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I'm a huge... I'm a huge... I, I like quite a few of their songs, but um, the one that I actually... Over the Rhine is in, like, the river in France? Correct. Okay. Uh, Germany. The Rhine is a German river, I believe. Um, my favorite song of theirs is actually a live version of a song of theirs called My Love is a Fever. And it's featured on their album Amateur Shortwave Radio. It's really quite bluesy. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really good tune. If you're going to listen to, or if you're going to check them out, that would be... The song I would insist you try first. Another band from the States. Sorry. Oh, one moment, please. Yeah. Germany, France, Switzerland, Netherlands, Austria, and Liechtenstein. Okay. Well, so. there you go. So it's a multinational river. I always associated it with Germany. Uh, yeah, and I always associated it with France. Interesting. That's weird. That's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, I know. But... Oh, there you have it. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you just pick the bad guys, I pick the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Over the Rhine, some bluesy song. Over the Rhine, uh, yes. Called, uh, what, When uh, I Go? Or what huh? was it? I don't know, what did you say? <laughs> My Love is a Fever. My Love is a Fever. Yeah, the live version. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard the band Low? Low? Yeah. L-O-W. No. You know how everybody's got to, like, categorize an artist by genre? Mm -hmm. I think people refer to them as slowcore. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, slowcore. Yeah. Uh, best album to uh, trial their music is The Great Destroyer. It's a, it's a trio, I believe, of musicians. And uh, they're quite good. Whoa. I would love to see them live. What did you say? The Great Destroyer? The Great Destroyer. Their second album. Yep. Why this one? Um, let me look up what... Do you have it open as to what songs are on it? Yeah. If you can tell me what songs are on it, I'll tell you why that album. Monkey? Oh, yeah. That's it? Yeah. You done? No. Oh, California? Yeah. Oh, that song is like my theme song. It is my theme song of life. Wow. Yeah. Every time I hear it, it's, it's, like the, it's like my swan song saying, why the fuck aren't you back in California, man? Like, like a git. 
get back there. Yeah, it just, it really speaks to me. California, I think Broadway, So Many People, is on that album too. Yeah. Yeah, another great song. Okay. Yeah, really, really good. Okay, stop talking for a sec. Mm-hmm. So then you can just edit. That's like what all of it sounds like. Ish. Yeah. Some of it's a little heavier, like Monkey's a little a little heavier. Uh, Robert Plant covered it. Mm. He liked it so much he covered it. That's fun. Yeah. That's cool. Good for them. That's big ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little gay. You kind of. What's it remind me of? Like when I heard it, I just. I thought of, like, old Wilco. Like, old yeah, Wilco. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I disliked Wilco. Right. Because I was fucking 17. 17-year-olds <laughs> don't like Wilco. <laughs> no. Right? No. And no. that's, when well, I hear this, like and I do that, and I'm like, yeah, you yeah, know, it's the totally. fucking same thing. Yeah. yeah. It grows on you. Yeah. Um, I could see, I could see that. It's just, there's not enough of a hook. It's sweet, and it's cute, but there's no hook. Yeah, but it's the sweetest and cutest of the bunch. Like, Broadway's a little bit better. Fair enough. You know, it it really does kind of help bring to mind Times Square, New York, and Letterman. And and then, of course, Monkey is uh, just downright creepy.
Yeah, that's better. Right? Yeah, that's far better. Yeah, that's far better. Yeah. That is creepy. I know. But it's just got this kind of <clears throat> groove that really grew on me right away. That's cool, man. Yeah. And that's not even the first album of theirs I heard. Oh, yeah. But when I saw, when I listened to it all, I was like, holy shit, man, these guys are like making albums with more than one song that I like. This is a good sign. I stumbled upon a dude from Tiny Desk. Mm-hmm. Alfredo Rodriguez. Mm. Sounds familiar. Um, I couldn't tell you which song. If I leave this in the podcast, do you think they're going to send a fucking <laughs> takedown request? No, I don't think so. Well, it depends. But no, I don't think so. What? I'd like to leave it in there just to see Mac Avenue Records, probably not. It depends who the others are signed on. Yeah, exactly. That was a really good album. That mm. was a bad choice of a song, I think. But okay. I'll, just I'll three incredibly, three absolutely incredible musicians mm-hmm. that were just pure masterful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no guitar player. There's a bass player who then just picks up a guitar to place the solo and then hmm. goes back. It was just a really eccentric-looking dudes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Something that I keep going back to for the last month or so is uh, Whitney Houston. Really? Oh, my God. Whitney? Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Apple has... You know how Apple has those essential? Yep. Yeah. The essential, Whitney Houston, is so good. Like The first 12 songs are mm-hmm. just fucking bangers over yeah. and over and over. See, I have absolutely nothing against Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. She was a, a diva. Unbelievable voice. Unbelievable music. I just listened to so much music in my life and had to suffer through shitty fucking radio that kept playing the same crap over and over and over again that mm-hmm. I'm kind of Whitneyed out. Mm-hmm. I yeah, suppose yeah. that if I was to suddenly hear one out of the blue, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh yeah, what a great song that is. Mm-hmm. But it's like I had to... When I put my music library together on Apple Music, yeah. I had to stay away from the stuff that just kept getting played over. And yeah, over you're not over adding top 40 to it. No, no, definitely no, not. She, 
Yeah, she Definitely. absolutely was for decades. Like my music library is either stuff that I grew up to, grew up with, mm-hmm. stuff that has uh, very special life associations with, or or stuff that I discovered by accident yep. and grew to love, and the average person would never hear this stuff on the radio. Right. Yeah. And that's why I love it. Yeah. Because it's different. It's new. And the tiny desk, like, I mean, tiny desk is one of the most perfect places to find new music because nine times out of 10, it's either artists who haven't quite yet made it huge or they are, but they want you to hear the unplugged version of their stuff, Mm -hmm. which is so much fucking better than the fully amplified special effects version of their music. Right. Like, Jesus. You get to actually hear their soul come out in their performance. Mm-hmm. Never mind the fact that you get to watch a bunch of musicians in close proximity with each other just having the time of their life. You ever watch them and you see the smiles oh, on yeah. everybody's faces? Yeah, it's just box. like, it's infectious, man. Yeah. It's infectious. Yeah, it's, it's like if you're cool. feeling shitty, just watch a tiny desk concert. You will reacquaint yourself with the joy of life. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it anyway. Even if it's not the kind of music you like. You're just like listening to the perform and going, holy shit. And sometimes I've actually gone and checked out albums by those artists if I'd never heard them before and go, that doesn't sound like that at all. Right. <laughs> It's like, could you just, like, make an album of Tiny Desk performances? I'll buy that. Yeah. I'll buy that. Just put that on fucking every streaming service ever made. And I'll just listen to that all day. Like, seriously. Even some of my favorite artists, they strip it right down, and it's just three or four musicians just jamming. Jamming. Speaking of stuff that probably wouldn't make your list, <laughs> your <laughs> I've been listening to uh, a bit of Phil Collins this week too because of his last I concert. I love Phil Collins. Okay. It's the same fucking shit though. Yeah. He's just a British version of. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. His last concert was this week. Yeah, I know. Genesis I... is still touring though. His yeah, son's playing drums. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is incredible. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Apparently a far better drummer too. Word on the street. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think his name's wow. Mark. And he's just he's incredible. Cause why wouldn't he be? Right. Because well, he's been playing since right. he was since, born. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah, no. Uh when Phil Collins like I had always been a fan of Genesis, although I was a late bloomer when it came to music, so I had to re discover the stuff that my my peers were already listening to um, in the 70s. So I got to, I was introduced to the 80s Genesis mm. and then tried to acquaint myself with the earlier stuff and, uh, you know, got into finally understanding why everybody made a big deal out of songs like Squonk and The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. And mm-hmm. however... I never quite connected fully with Genesis only because I was playing catch up with their with their library 
and none of their songs had any life association with life events. So it's one thing to be introduced to really good older songs, but when they don't have any actual personal connection to you, they don't quite have the same impact on you, you know, psychologically. Um, That's why I never liked Led Zeppelin. Right, because if you were never listening to them when they were a thing, you listen to them now and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah whatever, okay. but whatever. Yeah. Whereas the funny thing is, the minute I did start paying attention to Zeppelin, because I knew everybody else in my peer group were, mm-hmm. had, it was when In Through the Outdoor came out. Right. Which was a revelation for me, because it was their first electronic album, where there was a lot of synthesizers in their music. And I was like, ooh. And they were like, eh, that's not real Zeppelin. And I'd be like, I don't give a fuck. This right. is fucking cool. Right. And then and then John Bonham died. I was going to go see that album toured. Oh, and cool. he goddamn died. Way to go. So I was like, for fuck's sakes. The one time I finally get excited about seeing a band in concert, and I can't because a quarter of the band is gone. <laughs> but getting back to my uh, original uh, comment, even though I never really truly connected with Genesis because they were more or less before my time of musical discovery, when Phil Collins went solo, I was just like, what oh, yeah. the fuck is this? Yes. Incredible. And the moods... In some of his music, I just would listen over and over and over and over. And the characters he was playing in his songs, like creepy-ass fucking evil sons of bitches, (laughs) you know, through these walls. And you're just like, what kind of a fucking psycho are you? And then you realize, okay, maybe this is just his way of... Exercising Cle- yeah, exercising yeah. the demons in, in his in his psyche. Yeah. But it's fucking great. Yeah, so good. It is so good. Now, after the second or third album, things started to get a little bit too fucking lovey-dovey and, you know, right. stuff. But yeah, the first two, maybe three albums were just, they rocked my world. And I was, I happened to be hanging out with a really, really good friend of mine that I made in the military. His name was David Devlin. And he got into, we met because we both got into trouble on separate separate situations, but we ended up getting punished together. We were confined to barracks and had to endure nightly inspections and not being able to go out and do anything. And uh, we became close friends. And then when the punishments were over, we hung out for many years. He was the best man at my wedding. Mm -hmm. And um, the Phil Collins albums were, they may as well have been the soundtrack to our adventures. That's fun. Our very high adventures. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I obviously was not around for Genesis. (laughs) <laughs> but I, unlike you, I did have a life association with them, is that I 
got a CD that somebody burned hmm. uh, that had a bunch most of their of, good music, a, a bunch of it on there. Oh wow! And I listened to it mm -hmm. on my drive to and from Vancouver Ooh. after uh, a breakup. Oh. It was it was Genesis and Kelly Clarkson. Oh God! It was so great. Oh my so God! Great. Talk about two ends of a musical spectrum. So wonderful. Oh. So great. And it wasn't it wasn't just Jenny. It was Genesis and Phil Collins. Mm -hmm. And the other CD was Kelly. But yeah, like a Genesis greatest hits CD would be just yeah. There's that double disc, which is just fucking stupid. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, Phil Collins had a had a very, very severe impact on my life in every way. There's another guy. I'm I'm sorry I never got to see while he was in his prime. Paul Simon. You never see him now. God damn. Shows are over now. Yeah. Paul Simon has gotta be my favorite. Or one of my favorites. Yeah, me too. I was introduced to it by my father he lived in after him and my mom split up he mm -hmm. lived in some shitty apartment mm -hmm. and my sister and I would go over for the weekends mm -hmm. and he had it and uh, we'd play it and uh, like what era of his stuff? Graceland yeah Graceland was one of those albums that just it well, didn't stop no it just kept getting better and better. No, there's a few albums that are like that. Yeah. Graceland, Rumors. Yeah. Like fucking Rumors. Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> Dark Side of the yeah. Moon. Yeah. Yeah. I still maintain that Rumors is one of the best albums of all time. Oh, no argument here. Like, you don't even have to Even like the B-side songs. Oh, they're You incredible. just pay attention to the music and the lyrics and it's just like... They're just all bangers. All of them. Whole fucking thing is good. Yeah. Yeah. Whole thing is good. Yeah. Oh my god. One of my favorite oh my songs. It gets me it gets me here every time I listen to it is Songbird. Oh yeah. God damn. <laughs> just fucking heart wrenching <laughs> ballad. Yeah. Yeah. She was just so in love with that guy. Much to the chagrin of her, her fucking husband <laughs> at the time. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, all the critics, all the, all the music uh, uh, critics and, and uh, uh, yahoos basically said that one of the reasons that that album was so good is because of the turmoil that was going on in their lives when they made it. Well, of course. Yeah. Of course. It makes for great stories. Yes. Yeah. Of it's course. Perfect. Hey, hon, we're getting a divorce. Amazing. Let's, Let's make, an, make album. an album. That's right. Yeah. Or a movie or write, write a book or whatever. It was incredible. Did we say goodbye to our peeps yet? No, we didn't. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you're still awake, see you next time. Bye. Adam's tired. Yeah, well, I just don't think anybody's listening. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it helps.